As with all episodes of Churches Canceled, this episode is for entertainment purposes only. We're not offering any medical advice, certainly not telling anyone to consume anything. Mm-hmm. And again, we aren't doctors. We're not um, faith healers. We're not. Well, you're a doctor. Faith. Well, yes, Doctor D. Bombay. That's correct, but not of that. That not that kind of. Not a I'm medical a, doctor. Yeah, I'm a doctor of emeritology. That's a different right. subject. Um, so I just wanted to make sure that we clarify and disclaim this episode is for entertainment purposes only. This episode doesn't even contain our own opinions. Um, this is this is a scripted for entertainment only uh, episode. And that's um, right. hold on one second. That's it. Recovered. Okay. Legal says we're good. So perfect. Yep. Welcome to Churches Cancelled. I am your co-host, Brett. Here with my co-host, Snoop Lion. For those of you who are uninitiated, Snoop Lion is Snoop Dogg's name when he does, when he did that one uh, reggae album. So it'll always be Snoop Lion to me. <laughs> yeah, he did a song with Eddie Murphy. Um, I think it was called Red Light or something like that, and um, it came Don't remember out. It. Huh? Don't remember it. Well, you'll remember this. We were staying at some hotel that doesn't exist in Austin anymore. It's now a um, five-level self-storage. Yeah. And uh, it was when we went down there to get an apartment, and I kept listening to the song. And at some point, you rolled over in your bed, and you're like, could you shut that dang thing off? Because <laughs> I just kept listening to the song. I liked it a lot. Um, but today's subject, um, you know, so in this podcast, you know, we do this interesting thing where – One week, we address a church scandal or a a scandal within the Christian world, if you want to say that. And then every and then in the opposing weeks, we cover a subject. Now, my goal, I think I could speak for Brett here, too, and say is our goal isn't to um, criticize the gospel. It's to criticize the way Christians, when we come together as the church, how we do some silly things and my goal isn't to ruin anybody's faith. My goal is to simply, you know, speaking openly here, a lot of the thing that inspired me to do this podcast was watching people that I loved deconstruct, deconvert, leaving the faith, and never for a reason that I thought was reasonable or that was good, because, of course, I'm never going to find any reason reasonable or good. But I realized that it might take an individual like myself and Brett to address some of these issues um, in a way that's, you know, whatever to kind of get through them. Um, so today we're going to be talking about, um, cannabis and, uh, it's a very interesting subject. Marijuana. That's right. And I think if we were talking, if we were doing this podcast 10 years ago, the question we would be asking is, should Christians support legalization? Um, and in the show notes below, I'll have a clip from none other than John Piper. Watch that. It's a good one. Yeah. Talking about why and credit to John Piper for being open-minded and honest. 
um, about some things, not open and honest, about, like open-minded about a lot of things, but that's fine. I'll take it. I'll take it where we can get it. Right. And in this clip, which is, uh, you know, I think it's about 13 years old. He talks about, he knows somebody who had a severe injury and the only way that they could treat it was with cannabis. Um, and so I, he, in, in that regard, I don't think he really answers the question straightforwardly, but essentially says, yeah, maybe medical cannabis should be a thing that's legal. And, um, well, why don't you kind of set us up and take us, you know, set us down the path of where you think we're going. Yeah, I want to, I'll, I'll set us on the path here, but first I want to take a moment for our church cliche of the week. Yeah, we can't get started without that. And this is the perfect moment to do this church cliche because we're going to be talking about a topic here that is controversial. We're talking about cannabis in the church. And we're going to say some things that are going to make some people uncomfortable. But I just really want to, in, to invite everyone to join me in just leaning into this topic. Mm. I just think we could lean Amen. gently, gently in, Amen. but not just gently, but aggressively. Correct. Gently, aggressively into the forwardly into yeah. this topic and just let the spirit lead don't, us into it. Yeah, don't even lean into it. Punch into it. Take well, the hill. Well, I, I mean, I want to lean. I mean, I want to lean like really far. I want to okay. really lean, but I want to do, I don't want to walk yet. Okay. I want to do less than that. I'd like to do less than walk, but, but not crawl. A little bit, yeah, but okay. well, not crawl either. Just a little bit more than standing straight up. Just okay. a tiny bit of momentum. Yes. Into this topic. Okay. We're talking about. So Michael Jackson, thriller leaning into things that is precisely what we are aiming for okay lean into it like michael jack very good very good yeah uh so that that's my church cliche for the week i just uh that i I gotta make fun of that the leaning in right uh, you're you're not even stepping into it it's so non-committal uh so yeah this week (laughs) yeah no continue i'm talking about cannabis cannabis in the church yeah, and you met you mentioned the the John Piper um, clip where he says he may feel that it could be useful for medicinal purposes. Yeah, and, and he, he kind of leaves it at that. And I would say that maybe I was jumping the shark there a little little too excited, but um, I, you know, just being honest, I'm I'm for the decriminalization of all things uh not just drugs and i think that wow yeah and i listen i've said this before on this podcast i'm not ashamed um my pastor is ron paul right so like um you know if i had a pastor i do but you know i i would say ron paul's up there and um you know it famously in 2008 he was in south carolina at the debate and said well, if we decriminalize cocaine tomorrow, are you guys going to start doing cocaine? And the crowd cheered. So I thought that was, I don't know if that meant that they were going to or not, but um, so, I, yeah. So the, so the reason this conversation is pertinent now is I think the, it's a conclusion that's foregone as to whether or not legalization is going to happen with cannabis and other drugs. I think maybe later in this podcast, we'll start using the word medicine to refer to them, but for now we'll say drugs. So it's a foregone conclusion. Um, You know, it's starting already with cities like Denver and Portland 
Mm, not yeah. just cannabis, but uh, psilocybin is legal in, in those regions. And so the argument that is often made from the church perspective, which was a pretty fair argument, which was we ought to be as Christians law abiding. Now, sure. I think Christians in the West use that as a um, defense against a lot of things, and it's probably accurate against a handful of things. But if they lived in other parts of the world and they were Christians, they might not hold that sentiment so tightly. I think it's easy to hold that in the West. I think it's not so easy to hold that outside of this, um, outside of the West. And, you know, there's a, I think it's called a 1040 or 240. I forget what it is, but there's a 1090. I don't know what it was, but it's basically that, you know, by 2030, um, which is not that far away, you know, we're just seven years away from 2030. Mm -hmm the majority of Christians in the globe will not be in the West. It will not be in the United States, the uh, United Kingdom, Australia, and, uh, New Zealand, um, and wherever, I mean, Germany, those kinds of, it's not going to be Europe. It's going to be mm -hmm. below the equator. It's going to be Africa, Asia, South America. Mm -hmm. And um, so that argument to me is kind of, a, it's a foregone conclusion at this point in my mind that, you know, it doesn't matter whether Christians should or should not, support legalization it's it's happening yeah um so i think you know if we were having the conversation 15 years ago that's maybe where we would start but we're not going to start there we're yeah we're not asking if it's illegal or not because because it's happening already it's, it's basically legal yeah and even, um, even in states even in states where uh it's illegal and not decriminalized you can still buy cannabis products yeah natures yeah so, so like it's 2018's uh farm bill as signed into law by the great orange man donald trump legalized many many forms of cannabis and you know, this is always a belief that i've held and other people thought was like no no, no like you know more lefty types are like well the reason they don't legalize it man <clears throat> is because like there's no you can't make any money because you can't um you can't like uh you can't go get a you can't own it you know mm -hmm. you can't own the ip and i'm like yeah but the point is you can't own the ip of vitamin c but some somebody's out there selling you there's not one there's not mm -hmm. just one company selling vitamin c there's a thousand of them right right so i think there's plenty of money to be made and so that's what that that argument ever worked for me but in the context of church the first argument was well it's illegal so we can't we can't even broach the subject that's a foregone conclusion now right um well, so uh, what so, should the question be now? Is the question, is it sinful to be a Christian and use cannabis? Is, or is, is sinful the right word? Is What question well, do we want to ask? I think the next question is, is it addictive? Or, you know, so the, the first one was, but it's illegal. And then it became, but it's addictive. Or uh -huh. it's a gateway drug. Oh, yeah, um, that's... Mm -hmm. So I have an article here from Psychology Today, and it will be linked in the description. And I have a couple other videos from a guy named Dr. Carl Hart, who says that um, our concept or understanding of addiction is entirely incorrect. And I followed his work a lot. Now, the difficulty with Dr. Carl Hart that I have is he's a black guy with uh, a receding hairline and dreadlocks and a uh, missing tooth. So when you talk about a guy who's like, you can use heroin casually, <laughs> he doesn't really present itself as the, 
but he speaks eloquently about the subject and he kind of understands what he's saying. And there's another article here that kind of agrees with that. And what these articles and Dr. Carla Hart is saying is that, well, addiction is less of an issue uh, of substance abuse and it's more of a go figure, an issue of a lack of community and that people lack community. And I think that the church exists to create community and Um, I don't hold the view that the point of church on Sunday morning is about worship songs and Bible teaching. I don't think that's bad. I don't think that's wrong. I don't think that we shouldn't do that. I'm just saying, I don't think that's the point. The point is gathering of the saints, community, being with your people. I think that's, that's the point. And so if the church does a good job of addressing community and developing community and creating a safe space for people to come and be as they are, come as you are, leave transformed, but come as you are. I think that once we have that perspective, um, I think we can toss out the concept that it's addictive or that it's a gateway drug. I think that yeah. when people use drugs, in my view, you, it, I think it depends. The question is, how are you using it? Yeah, you know? I want to I want to talk about the the gateway drug idea. I've heard that a, a lot uh, from people. That, that marijuana is a gateway drug. If you start using marijuana, you're going to end up doing crack, shooting up heroin, but through a dirty needle in a back alley. You know, that's what people think marijuana is going to do to you. That uh, Dr. Carl Hart had a his one of his comments on that was, well, you don't get the withdrawals that you would, especially not with marijuana because the cannabis stays in your system for so long that your body is naturally weaned itself off of it. So you don't have the withdrawals that you would have with like, if you're massively addicted to alcohol or even cocaine and whatever else. I just want to point, point something out that was interesting to me was that one of the reasons why during the events of 2020 liquor stores remained open and they, they were exempt from closure was there was a, very straightforward understanding on the part of the government that said, if we close them, we're going to have an entire other pandemic or epidemic on our hand of people who are addicted to alcohol withdrawing and not being able to satiate their need to consume. And so I think that is, it's interesting that that is, it's within the context of most churches that I would attend, the consumption of alcohol is viewed as a matter of liberty. So I think that's an Mm -hmm. interesting um, and we've seen pastors in the just recently in the last 10 years having to go to alcohol treatment centers because they had an alcohol problem. So, yeah, so definitely is not as addictive as alcohol. You would have the withdrawals that you would with alcohol. As far as being a gateway drug, uh, I know Dr. Carl Hart said um, that the a majority of uh, cannabis users never go on to use any other type of drug from uh, what studies have revealed. And I always uh, said it like this to people, if, you know, if you took a room, nothing, in, you just put me in it and you gave me cannabis and I got high. And then there was all these other drugs laying out that I could just access and try if I wanted to. I would never get high on cannabis, look at the other drugs and go, you know, I should try some of that too. Right. Like it just doesn't work that that way. 
uh, where like it doesn't turn you into some fiend where you have to get more and more of a higher high. Right. And I think it might be, you know, edifying at this juncture to say this much. I personally have never until I was until the 2018 uh, legalization of certain types of cannabis uh, products, or I think hemp would, would be the more accurate term in that regard. Um, is I never tried any anything, and this just it's not some sort of spiritual reason. It's not because I'm some I'm not, but I'm just saying I'm not some homeschool kid who's just like I'm never gonna do it because I'm sanctified. <laughs> VeggieTales is VeggieTales is satanic. <clears throat> it was never that. It was just I have asthma, and I was concerned if I smoked something. Uh-huh said I was going to have an asthma attack and then I'm going to be with my buddies who are high as a kite. And then I have to explain to my parents that I'm high and then what happened. And then it's like, I had to run to the, I have to go to the ER and then they're going to be like, don't call an ambulance. We have drugs. So it was just, that was always a concern. And, you know, I think that um, I'll say openly now that I, uh, I use some of the stuff that is federally legal. Um, and I, you know, gummies and, um, Hey, my other option was painkillers that are, I already have some, you know, uh, you know, I, I had to have an emergency surgery in 2020 and the downstream consequences are that is I have some lasting pain. And, um, I started using some of these products to help deal with the pain because the other option was really, really bad. The kinds of prescription drugs that people are like, Hey, um, I can't get enough from my doctor anymore. So now I'm turning to street heroin, black tar and I'm freebasing black. So like, that's like, you know, the, the situation. So I, it was take a gummy or free, free base black tar. That's what we were up against. (laughs) Basically it was just like, I was looking for a spoon and I was like, I'm going to just like, but no, like, and so I kind of weighed the, you know, weighed the, the, my options and, you know, I'll also, I just want to throw this in here also, like, I'll never put anybody into a group, but particularly whites, because I think it just happens so often, it's unfair. But the only time I will do Thank it. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I think we, I've addressed this in, you know, the politics and race episode and all that other stuff. And I've addressed this a couple of times, but the only time I do do this is when it comes to natural remedies. And it's always like, hey, Kyle, I've already heard of ashwagandha. My, from my grandmother, because it came. Do you think someone named Dave discovered ashwagandha or someone named Prakash? <laughs> right. And so, you know, as someone who, you know, uh, someone in my one of my parents works in medical research and they're always like, uh, don't take any prescription. And they work in medical research and they wow. and they that's just their conclusion is like, don't mm-hmm. if you can avoid taking a pharmaceutical, avoid it. So this, I come from a very conservative family of uh, evangelical Christian conservative Republicans. Okay, mm-hmm. this is a this is a liberal's worst nightmare. This my family, right? Brown educated people with money who are like, no, no, no. Well, we like the like, but but this group of people is also like, well, if your choices are loading up on Tylenol every night, which is going to have mm-hmm. a negative effect on your liver, or hitting this thing that, you know, popping a gummy that comes out of the ground that, you know, is there. I think this might be a good time to say that, hey, your brain has these things called cannabinoid receptors. Mm. Why don't you tell us about cannabinoid receptors, Brett? 
So I'm, I'm no expert on cannabinoid receptors, but our, the, the gist of it that I understand is that our brain has these uh, built-in uh, stations, if you will, in our brain that are there specifically to receive the chemicals that are found in the cannabinoids and the effect that has on the brain. That's right. about as, as, about as technical as, as, about as technical as I can get is that those are there and they're by design. Uh, you don't find the same thing for say alcohol. There's no, no. built in station in our brain meant to receive the signals that our brain sends out when we drink It's not there. So right. it's an interesting question. Like why would that be built in us as believers, believing in God who created us for a purpose and a reason and design. Why are those there if we're not intended to receive the signal that the canvas is going to give us when we take it? Yeah. And, um, I, you know, the, the reason I think that's interesting is I was having this conversation with an older Christian person and they said, yeah, I had a lot of issues that, and um, this is kind of a time when I'll say um, there's a ton of evidence that suggests that cannabis has tons, not just one, but several applications uh, that medical applications where it can yeah. solve or treat um, various ailments. And when I, when that person was like, they were struggling with, Hey, I'm using this thing. Is this the right thing for me to be doing? And when I said, or it was actually their, their, some that they knew told them, well, your brain is cannabinoid receptors that clicked for them. They go, well, if my brain has this thing to receive it. And so I'll make the argument that God in his infinite wisdom create and i'm not a calvinist but he created an earth and he created beings to worship him and he knew that they would defy him in the garden of eden and that that would break the shalom of the earth his original wow. design of the earth and that they would need medicines and he just did this fancy thing where he just said well here are the medicines for you right you don't need bayer or pfizer look at that you don't need bayer or pfizer or moderna right? You probably do. I'm not saying don't take medicine. I'm, I'm actually not one of those people, no. but I, but I am saying that he put it there for your consumption. Now, let me ask you an interesting question. There are some people who speculate that the early church, the church in Acts, for, for instance, that when they were passing out um, um, communion, the mm -hmm. two were passing out shrimps, right? And that there's a lot of people who believe that, you know, uh, the burning bush was not actually on fire, uh, that that someone else was a little on fire a little bit before. And that the, the you know, that it, there is a there's a group of people who believe that a lot of them, you know, God talking to people, chariots of fire, all of that stuff. Well, some people believe chariots of fire mean spaceships, and I might be one of those people. <laughs> but there's another group of people who are less quirky and quacky who think that some of that is simply uh, people in the Bible and biblical times using this to connect with the Holy Spirit. Now, where do you lean in that regard? Man, um, I, I, it's, it's not out of the realm of possible. I don't know that anyone who calls themselves a Bible scholar and actually has the credentials to back it up would say there's evidence for that. 
in the Bible. But of course, who would ever admit that if it were true and it could be proven that maybe some of these guys connecting with God, having visions, like you said, the burning bush, maybe they uh, had uh, an assist from a natural plant element mm. uh, that led them there. I, I don't know. I think it's so, possible. I'm not ruling it out. Yeah, nor am I. And um, here's what I would say. If you had asked me just one year ago, Danny, or in this case, Snoopline. <laughs> one year ago, he didn't refer to himself as that, though. Yeah. Um, you know, how do you, where, how would you quantify your faith? And I would say, you know, I've experienced real miracles in my life. I've never had a, you know, I've been going to church. I've been Christian, a Christian. I've call, I would call myself a Christian for a long time. I've never had one of those breakout spiritual experiences where I felt like I was contacted or whatever, however you want to quantify that. And I would have told you that my faith exists as 99.9% and that every day I live, every miracle I experience, um, it adds a nine, but I would say it's never, it's never going to roll over to a hundred. And then, um, a few months ago you came to visit and, uh, we, I, we just went into a shop and you're like, I need something to help me go to sleep tonight. And you, I bought something and I took the rest of it back to my house and I woke up and we had a couple of cocktails and I, for some reason, got a severe migraine. And so I'm trying to sleep it off. And so I was like, oh, you know what? I, I did buy this stuff. I'll, I'll pop one of them. So I hit one of them. Hour later, I'm still awake. It's not really working. So I hit another one. And then I hit the oopsie daisy. <laughs> And uh, what took place, I don't want to get into the details of it, but I would say it's a, um, I, I can't deny that what happened was a Pentecostal experience uh, that in, I could have never, that I would have never predicted flipped me from 99.9 uh, in a continuum to 100. Wow, really? Yeah, where and I would have never said like I have any doubt. I would just say no, like that that little point zero zero one percent of whatever that is doubt. That's that's the faith. That's where the faith exists, right? And whatever that experience was, um, changed my attitude about life. Honestly, it changed my attitude about being spiritual, and it changed my attitude about church. It changed my attitude about a lot of things. And um, I wonder if there's a lot of, and, you know, maybe we'll get into this. I think we're, we're going to do our ad read right now, and then we'll maybe get into this in our next segment. But I think we need to start asking the question, as we were saying at the beginning, like, what is the question? Is this stuff medicine from God? Is that? Could it be that, medicine? Is this, could it be? So, um, you know, the, the ad for the day. Well, so the difficulty of doing an yeah, so the difficulty of doing an episode like this is that we're not going to be able to make any money from YouTube ad rev. But our friends over at Dick Recruiter have a new service, and they have selected us as the first podcast to advertise it. It's incredible. The Dick Recruiter that was already a just a. A yeah, smashing, it's incredible. Yeah. Smashing application, I would say. So this new service from Dick Recruiters called Diversity on Demand. 
Mm. If you're a ministry, if you're a church, mm. if you're a private company, and you need a black or brown face to agree with what you're saying, mm. diversity on demand is here to service that need. Like Dick Recruiter, diversity on demand fulfills sensitive staffing needs. Ah. The brown and black people mm. of diversity on demand understand it's important to be discreet. If a role needs a diverse face, diversity on demand will help staff that role with a diverse face that understands not to get in white or Asian people's way. <laughs> diversity on demand's diverse commitment is to never suing anyone for wrongful termination and never doing anything other than being a, the face of a prominent role. Now, if you use promo code canceled, if you go to Dick Recruiter, if you go to diversity.dickrecruiter.co and use promo code canceled, not only will you get 30% off your first placement, Whoa. you will get a free N word pass. <laughs> that's included in the ad, uh, that's included with our thing. It's incredible. What a deal. <laughs> what oh. a deal. Hey, that's that's oh diversity.dickrecruiter.com. Wow. It's an incredible service. Diversity I mean, on demand. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of churches, businesses, uh, ministries out there that are suffering because they need to embrace um, representation. Uh, representation, DEI, diversity, mm -hmm. equity, inclusion. But that might take them off mission. And then if that person has a problem, <laughs> they could get sued. They fixed right. all of these problems with one service where you have a, a person that is black or brown, black or Hispanic. They're mm -hmm. not going to get in the way of the people doing the work, the whites and Asians, right? Mm -hmm. they just, they're just going to sit there and say what you need them to say with an understanding they're never going to sue you for wrongful termination. It's a fantastic service. Wow. And really? yeah. an Edward Pass. Come on. Who could, who could turn down that offer from uh, Diversity On Demand? Thank you for their sponsorship. Of course, and we're doing an episode of a cannabis. It's complicated to find someone who's going to sponsor the episode so we can support this, the efforts of the show. And of course, you know, Dick Recruiter and Diversity on Demand, their new service. Mm -hmm. It's incredible that those people stepped up to support our mission here of spreading the words that we spread. Well, I just wanted to uh, briefly give a, a bit of my own background as we're getting more into this. So just for context. I think you mean testimony. Don't you? A bit of my testimony. Yeah. Okay. For context here. So yeah, we were going through, I was kind of doing some research looking for what Christians think about cannabis. You sent me a YouTube video of uh, some young guys on a podcast. It was called like Bless God or something like that. Yeah. So that's Ruslan of Bless God Studios. Um, Ruslan is a, a Christian hip hop artist. And um, his podcast is actually what inspired this part of this show because he would just start addressing cultural issues from the perspective of a Christian. He's a seasoned veteran of the game. And I, I listen, I appreciate a lot of his view. Uh, I appreciate a lot of his content. doesn't mean I agree with him all the time. I disagree with him a lot of the time. But I just appreciate that there's a guy who isn't a cheese ball who's addressing these issues and bringing the, and just not shying away from the hard stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I was watching that, and they're. Uh, I think we commented on that video. I think you commented with the churches canceled account, which yeah. is very good. I'm glad you did that. Yeah. Yeah, they. Uh, so they they kind of had the theory of maybe it's okay. They're they responding to another video, but maybe it's okay in small doses if you could just do it for medical purposes and not to get high right. and not get addicted. Um, very restrictive. They were responding to the video from uh, this other guy doing a podcast. Um, or a, oh, I lost his name here. Jamal but, uh, Bryant. Jamal Bryant of New Birth Atlanta. And he said in this other podcast, he was saying that, you know, they're the largest black landowning church in Georgia and that he wanted to start a cannabis farm on his church, uh, on the church's yeah. property to help young black men or, you know, have industry and learn a trade and all that other stuff. And I thought that was great. And then they had other opinions, you know, yeah. either, but they seem to not like it, basically. Yeah. And I said yeah. that, that the church should not do that. Christians shouldn't be doing that. Right. So in doing that research, you know, I was looking for uh, what Christian's opinion was what the kind of general evangelical modern day Christian opinion on uh, cannabis use is, and it's still pre it's pretty negative. Right. Uh, the overall theme is that in some way, use of marijuana is a sin, uh, and so I want to give my background on that. Is I, I understand where those folks are coming from. Uh, yeah. You know, I come out of a culture where anything, any type of substance you may put in your body that alters your mind, is a sin. Sure. Um, because there's a scripture that I think is read incorrectly, but it says to be sober minded. That's one of the translations really more translates to like, be alert, be thinking clearly, be watchful. Um, right. doesn't have anything to do with sobriety from drugs. Uh, but that's referenced a lot by Christians. And I understand, I understand that that's kind of what I was taught, uh, as I got deeper into the evangelical assemblies of God, Pentecostal uh, denomination. Well, to be entirely fair to them and to everyone, if there's any way that I can, you know, proof text a scripture and do insegesis, I'm going to take the opportunity, <laughs> right? Because I'm a hypocrite. So if I'm yeah. just looking, listen, a lot of lovely Christian people view the Bible not as as they should, they view it as a cudgel to, to, to hit other people over with the head, uh, over their head with it mm -hmm. and tell them how they ought to proceed with their life. And <clears throat> I think that's the wrong way to view it. But if we're going to play the game, let's play the game, baby. Let's do it. Sure. Jesus. Mm -hmm. Let's just, Hey, we need this to say, you can't do something I don't like. Yeah. So let's do it. You're driving a Camry. It says one accord, right? <laughs> It says one accord. You'd be, you'd be being an accord instead. That's right. But you bought a Camry. Get out of that Toyota. That's right. That's not what he wants for your life. He has a plan right. for you. Doing Continue. that into Jesus. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Driving your Ford Taurus. Uh, so that's that's kind of the research. Uh, through my research, what I found is how the church feels about cannabis use. In general, I, I think it's pretty negative. Um, yeah, and I, I think it's, I, I don't think it's, it has anything to do with legality, as you said. Uh, I don't think it has anything to do with, uh, can it get you addicted? 
as we've covered because no. it's been proven it really can't. Uh, I think it, and then there's, I think the only thing that some Christians acknowledge is the last part is it is it medicine we're going to talk about here is that uh, some Christians are starting to agree, ah, if used properly, if not abused, like anything else can be abused, this may have some medical benefits. Correct. Now, I would add to that and say, you know, um, our world is suffering a crisis of depression, anxiety, and addiction to other things, you know, alcohol addiction. There are study after study after study that says um, psilocybin usage. Now, this episode is specifically about cannabis, but I think the conclusion kind of runs concurrent with that, you know, people and, you know, I think you made reference to Craig Gross, mm-hmm. um, the founder of Triple X Church, who is now an advocate of the use. I, I didn't, but I wanted to make reference to him. Well, you made reference to me then. That's what I meant. Um, but and um, he is now, a, I, I think it's not unreasonable to say an advocate of the use of these things as medicine. And the way he described it on the it was formerly called, now it's called, uh, I think it's, it's all over, but it used to be called bad Christian, which again, another thing that kind of inspired me to call you up and say, we should do a podcast was, you know, he talked about how people would come, uh, I think it was called rainbow Ridge. It was like a, um, some sort of retreat center that him and his family lived at for six or seven months or something like that for a year. I forget. And what they would do is people would come there with something. They would discuss it someone would lead them through a guided meditation where they would consume psilocybin or something like that. And they would, they would, they would do it one time. They would have a revelation. It would, it would help them course correct. <clears throat> now this is um, that's in the Christian church world, I guess, but you can look at secular studies that say, no, like people who are severely depressed hit psilocybin one time they do, you know, they, they have, you know, one period of time, it's not an ongoing treatment. They take it once and they turn it around. People who are severely addicted to alcohol, same thing. Um, so if I put the two together, some you know weird people who say Christians might have been using this stuff in biblical time, burning bush, all that stuff. But then I you know put that over it in its box. Danny, I you know talk about mm-hmm. box theology where it's like eh, i don't know if this fits yet but i'm going to put this in the box put it on the shelf worry about it later because it doesn't fit anywhere but then i start looking at the secular data the secular data is starting to say that you know this is and the church is always 15 years late to every issue (laughs) and we're now addressing oh we need to be concerned with people's mental health and i am simply posing the hypothesis or we might say hypotenuse, <laughs> the hypothesis that perhaps um, God in his infinite wisdom as our creator before he set the pillars of the earth understood that we would sin and, you know, Eve, a woman, of course. He may have done that after the pillars of the earth. <laughs> well, who knows, okay? Um, he created these things to help us, you know, get in touch with if we are for and so so in my in the course of my experience i started having pentecostal spiritual experiences something i never experienced before in my life yeah. and i hit up a pastor friend of mine 
because I was concerned that this was a problem. And he said, and this was, you know, his impression was that, you know, I actually hit up two pastors. One pastor doesn't thinks I'm kidding all the time. And I am kidding most of the time was just like, I don't know, man. Sounds, sounds cool. And uh, the other one was like, well, um, you can't discount the experiences like, oh, I just dreamed it. Right. You know, I would have said it existed in some sort of dream state, but what 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 he would say is, or what he ex- said was, listen, man, you have to ask the question is, did this remove some sort of mental block in your brain that you were unable to release yourself to have this experience otherwise? And all that the gummies did, and this is all the gummies did was remove that part of your brain or your spirit or whatever and it lets you fully experience what God has for people to fully experience. And I wonder if the church 15 years late to everything is going to figure out sooner than later, Oh, God put this stuff on this planet as medicine for us to address these issues of, well, why isn't like stress and depression, anxiety, it's not really addressed in the Bible because they were getting ripped on thrones. (laughs) Like, (laughs) <laughs> you sad, Paul? Hit, hit this. And then, you know, like that. I'm not saying that's the case. I'm just mm. saying I don't think it's unreasonable to, to believe that might be the situation. That's all. Yeah, I think um, it, it's it's important to talk about like um, in, intent and maybe yes. uh, this is a very Christian word, um, uh, stewardship, right? So if mm. God gave us this, this plant, uh, that has these side medicinal qualities positive and these medicinal medicinal qualities uh, we have to be good stewards of that and uh, so I, I think that's that's something that's important uh, to go back to Craig Rose you know um, I met Craig years ago he spoke in chapel at uh, North Central University that's back when he was known as the porn pastor mm. and he was talking about porn porn addiction and how his ministry worked to help people there that I got connected when I met him, he connected me with his ministry and I actually did ministry inside of a porn convention. Um, <laughs> ministry. Being, <laughs> with the message being uh, Jesus loves porn stars. Yeah. And, and that was it. And so Craig has always had a way of pushing the envelope um, to the next issue and a little bit further on. So now he's stepped away from triple X church he has started christiancannabis.com um, where <laughs> I love the names. It's like, you know, they name the strain. It'll be like the resurrection strain. <laughs> and they, Stop. Stop yeah, it. Yeah. The holy roller, you know, all this okay. stuff. Um, I dig it. So I can dig it. It's, it's pretty funny. He said they're, they're coming out with uh, edibles that are in a communion wafer form. Stop so, it. <laughs> okay. Well, but, but I, I talk about him because when I listen to him talk about cannabis, yeah. it's very intentional and it right. sounds like a guy who's a good steward it, it, to the point where I'm listening to him talk about how he uses um, marijuana and psilocybin and other hallucinogens. I'm thinking I'm such a terrible steward of not just drugs, but just all the good things I have in my life. Like this yeah. is you can hear the intent is to find healing for people. to get rid of stress, uh, to solve medical issues. 
that's what his aim is with this thing that could otherwise easily be abused. And I think that's, a, that's an important thing is how are we going to steward this thing? And the church just can't quite figure that out yet. And so the one word I would latch on to there or <clears throat> lean into oh boy. is um, not stewardship, but intention. Mm-hmm. Now, I think when, when people uh, perhaps rightfully criticize gateway drug addiction, all this, those other criticisms, I think that we have the wrong problem. We were addressing the wrong issue and the wrong, the issue isn't that the issue is intention. So if you're, cons- and you know, I'm going to quote a Bible verse, probably wrong application here, but God looks at the inside, not the outside, right? So if our intention is escapism, when we have a cocktail, which I don't drink anymore, but just a health choice that I made, <clears throat> um, or if we are having the intention of, I need to escape from a feeling mm-hmm. and we consume something to escape from that feeling, I actually started agreeing with the conservative evangelical mm-hmm. prescription there that this is, well. uh, this is wrong. You shouldn't do that. You should be sober minded. And that's that I actually agree with that there. Yeah. When we stop talking about it as a drug and we start talking about it as a medicine and, you know, cannabis has properties of helping with inflammation and listen, the ancient, yeah, like ancients, right. Ancients were telling us, well, inflammation is the cause of a lot of your problems. And that was like, the scientists came along in the 40s and 50s, like these idiots. But in 2022, they're saying, well, actually, most of your issues come from inflammation. <laughs> it's like, man, oh, sorry, the government told us to for, for 30 years um, to consume tons of carbs. And then they're like, sorry, carbs cause inflammation. <laughs> And it causes heart disease and all these other problems. Obesity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm actually in the process as we speak of filing a class action against the USDA for forcing me to eat uh, tons of chicken Alfredo. They told me to eat plates and plates and plates of chicken Alfredo and to consume minimal fats when it turns out it's literally the opposite. Mm Um, and so I think that there's a reasonable conversation to be had there of why. Now, I would say if you're a child, and that means a teenager, and you're just doing this to get high, probably not good for you, mm-hmm. right? And I would even... Spiritually speaking. Yeah, and I would go further to say physically, because your brain isn't developed until you're 25. Mm-hmm, it's not true. fully developed until you're 25. I don't know, like there have been cases and there is academic studies to suggest that cannabis consumption can unlock or uh, causes the wrong word, but it can reveal in some situations other further mental health struggles. Mm-hmm. So I think intentionality, I, I, you know, to, to really sum up everything I believe about these things is it matters why. And I think that's something that, that our creator is concerned with. And I think that our consumption of anything, we should start with why. And yeah. I never had any sense of guilt or sin or shame when it came to using gummies for back pain, because I was, I knew in my heart, it, I'm not pursuing anything here other than 
I, I just want to go to sleep. I don't want to hurt my liver. And I think this thing that came out of the ground, sure, it's processed into a strawberry banana flavored cheesecake gummy. But ultimately, the goal for me was never like, I'm not trying to get blazed, man. Like, I'm, I, I'm trying to wake up tomorrow and be productive. And I can't do that without a decent night's sleep and all this yeah. other stuff. And so I never felt any guilt or shame about it. But if Sometimes like, you know, if I'd sit down with my buddies and have a couple too few many cocktails, I'm like, eh, you don't feel like, and then you wake up in the morning, you feel like garbage and I lose mm -hmm. two or three days of productivity. And so when I put things into that context of, of intention and as a spiritual man, a man of faith, a man that is concerned with, you know, maybe one day I'm going to have to answer for my choices. I have no compunction about the usage of any of these things. Um, whether it's psilocybin, cannabis, or LSD, or any of this stuff, or ketamine. I don't have any compunction about the use of any of these things. I personally not interested in the use of uh, basically anything other than the gummies that I can, that are 50 state legal um, at this point. But if I ever came to a point in life where I was spiritually, emotionally, or otherwise constricted in one way, and I felt like I just, I couldn't, you know, we have this conversation you know, about, mental health within the context mm. of church. And the, there's always people whose yeah. response is just have more faith. Just pray, just pray about it. And, and here's the thing I'm saying you should do that. And I think you, I think there are probably some people for whom this is a persisting problem. And, you know, there's now evidence that suggests this isn't actually a um, chemical imbalance. So the way that, the medical field has been treating it for 30 mm. years has been about a chemical imbalance. Drugs, yeah. I'm not saying to do them or not do them. I'm not telling anybody what to think or what to feel. I'm just saying there is evidence to suggest that the approach that has been used for 30, 40 years with mental health issues has been, well, you have a chemical imbalance. And so they give you stuff to straighten your out your chemical imbalance, right. but it turns out that just creates more issues. Um, and I am wondering, and the question I'm posing and the conclusion I'm kind of making here is perhaps a one-time or two-time use of some of these, uh, whether it's psilocybin or any of the other hallucinogens uh, guided by a professional, what is a professional in this regard, who the frick knows how to quantify what a professional is, but guided by somebody who at least has good intentions for you and is with you while you're consuming this and going through it. I wonder if for a lot of people on the end, at the end of that, there's going to be radical healing. And if the church is going to be again, 15 years late to any cultural issue, or part of why churches cancel exists is to perhaps appeal to church leaders to go, instead of being 15 years late to every issue and then being wrong about it, and then trying to be counter-cultural, why don't you make culture? Why don't you do something that the ancient Christians were doing, which is making culture and guiding culture, so then you're not fighting it? You, the church is constantly at war with culture. And there, if you, you don't have to influence culture if you're making it, right? Because right? it's yours. And so I think this is an opportunity for, and I'm saying, we just have to let the boomers out. The boomers aren't, they don't care. We can't help. They can't be helped at this point. Right. Um, I'm not saying all of them. I'm just saying any of them that kind of matter. Right. As millennials and younger people, I, we get to, I think the Bible authorizes us 
to take leader to take a leadership role here. And I think younger people, you know, like Craig Gross, can impact people by saying, if this is the way you feel, here's a place for you to go. And I think that's what his ministry does now. Yeah. I don't know if they're called a ministry, but whatever it is they're called, right? I think what they do now is direct you to places where you can go and get treatment in this regard. And I know people who are suffering and I wonder, I'm not, I'm not going to tell them this, but I'm just saying, I wonder if this is going to be a solution for them in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I think much the same. Um, I think that, like you said, to create culture, uh, I think we look at what Jesus did in, in the gospels and he was creating a culture. It wasn't one, it wasn't in line with the Romans and it wasn't in line uh, with the Jewish leaders at the time. He was creating a culture. And uh, I, I don't think, I think the, uh, the error of the church is to say, well, Jesus created that culture. Now it's our job to preserve. We should mm. just be preserving, keep everything the same. Uh, the rules that existed back then, everything still applies now. And we have no innovation uh, when that happens. And that is what's keeping us, as you said, 15 years behind. Uh, we have to look at it the, the other way instead of saying, well, Jesus created this culture. Let's preserve what he created. Maybe just the message was we need to continue to create in a way that is loving and that is healing. And mm. if we have a substance that can do that with little to no negative side effects that naturally occurs in the earth where receptors are built into our brain to receive that signal to help us heal, that's something we should really consider and stop demonizing it. You know, we demonize things because we don't understand them, but there's so much uh, literature out there and so much information. We can understand what's going on now, and I think it's good. Yeah, and I think, you know, I can use this as a parallel, if you will. The church started saying 10, 15 years ago, well, sex isn't bad. It's just bad outside of the context of marriage. So, like, again, 15 years late to the party of this is an area where we can be in front and say, this stuff isn't bad for you, depending on how you use it. If you use mm -hmm. it like medicine, it's not bad. We know that there are people out there who abuse prescription drugs. That's not a new concept, right? So we understand Christians have no problem saying, oh, your doctor prescribed, um, you know, uh, fentanyl for your pain. Don't do it. No, we, we go, okay, well, you should do it the way it's prescribed to use. And we just hope that they don't get hooked on it. Now, if this other stuff might help you better, or, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of something like, um, like some sort of painkiller that, you know, like uh, you, you live in Florida. I mean, you guys had, uh, it's like, uh, you guys used to have those you know, long before you lived there, but there used to be those Oxycontin clinics where you basically yeah. just walked in with some, you know, some doctor who has a medical degree from the Caribbean islands. And he's yeah. just like, yeah, it's like a, it's a pill mill, right? Oxy's Percocets. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a, it, it's, it sounds like that D12 song, purple pills, but, um, but basically the conclude that not conclusion, but the, the, to wrap that up is that we understand that you can use Oxy or you can Percocet. They all exist. 
And if you're it, like, no one at church would be like, oh, you take Oxycontin for pain? Like you got in a car accident and the doctor gave it to you? Uh, you're a sinner. Yeah. You're on Vicodin because you just came back from the dentist. How dare you? Right. Um, and w- w- there is no doubt in anybody's mind at this juncture, uh, Christian or otherwise, that some of this stuff is highly addictive and bad for you. That's not, that's, I mean, there is already right. a lawsuit. There's a class action against um, per- Perkins or whoever that family is that, that created Oxycontin. Right. And it's, it's just, so the, the argument there that has always been used, it's illegal. Well, this is legal, but it's bad for you, mm-hmm. right? This is illegal, but good for you. Or not, maybe not good, but in the, in the context of using it correctly. So I don't know about you, but that kind of, wraps up everything I had to say about the subject wouldn't I mean yeah I think uh there was there was one other thing as you were speaking I remembered uh, a big part of you know why have we demonized this thing so much uh you mentioned the you know these uh, prescription drugs Percocet um Oxycontin Vicodin these are all legal but they're bad for you especially when you take too much but but if you and your buddies are out in vegas for one of their bachelor parties and you just crush a little up and go up the you know up the old uh, the nostrils here yeah it might be in in you know it might help it set in a little quicker so legal but uh bad for you illegal but good for you why is that uh dr carl hart who we had the video links to yeah. Uh, talked about that a little bit and even about the branding of it as not being cannabis being called marijuana because of the association with the uh, black and Hispanic communities. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, that w- is a part of why it is, has been illegal for so long and still is. He said, you know, the reasons are not pharmacological reasons why the marijuana cannabis is illegal they're political yeah Uh, for so long we've associated it with uh, communities of people and the ruling class yeah yeah we're going there danny didn't like um but also that our white evangelical churches didn't like as much well i think it's easy for evangelicals to identify with the state and it's much harder for them to identify with a like i said black guy with the receding hairline and dreadlocks who's yeah. missing a tooth who talks about his occasional heroin usage, which I'm not, I'm not making any of that up. Um, but by the way, he is a credentialed neuroscientist and he holds PhDs. I mean, he's a PhD from the university of Wyoming. Okay. I feel like when he got it, um, probably wasn't too hard to get one, but the point is he got it. Um, but um, his advocacy in this regard, and what you're saying is, is interesting. Um, and so I just want to clarify something as we're closing this out here. I, I'm not, this is just my opinion that it's, it's legal, but, but bad for you. That's just my opinion. I'm not a physician. I'm not a doctor. I'm not an expert. Brett isn't either. We don't know, but we're just saying there is some evidence to suggest, and we're going to link to those articles um in the in the show notes and that's a that's a conclusion a person could reasonably draw based on some of the evidence that we're we're finding and i say all of that because i don't want to get sued right um that's the only reason i'm saying it because yeah otherwise i I think that it's 
um, that, yeah, that's that. So, oh, and one last thing before we, before we close this thing out, I just wanted to say, uh, Brett, you're canceled. Oh, Danny, um, you are also canceled. Well, thank you for that. I really do appreciate you saying that. My pleasure. Join us next time on Church is Canceled. If we're not dead. (laughs) 